Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. this on just because i mentioned it this was the guy in washington dc standing in the street he was kind of a leader of his uh protesters that were about to go on and take on the cops i'm at the point where i'm ready to put these police in the grave i'm at the point where i want to burn the white house down so you can now stand in the street and talk about burning down the white house and putting police in their graves and uh and then you start your rally and off you go Wow. Listening to more of that gentleman's speech, I do not believe he was an ambassador for peace. Pretty sure he's not. Yeah. No, yeah. indeed. And who knows where he was from? The uh, Kenosha police uh, released uh, a bunch of stats on all the weapons they'd confiscated and um, the out-of-towners they'd arrested and such. Um, I can't believe BTS won Best Pop Group on the VMAs last night for On. I thought the Jonas Brothers had it in the bag. What what is this now? Is I thought we were football? doing. I thought we were doing a full hour breakdown of the VMAs, the Video Music Awards from last night. Goodbye, Miley Cyrus recreating her iconic Wrecking Ball video live on stage. You know, I've actually never seen her. I I haven't seen a music video. God, when's the last time I've actually seen a music video? Not just a clip of it, but like watch one. First of all, I would not know, sir. I wouldn't know where you'd find one. Um, are there channels that play them, or you just yeah. watch them on YouTube? There are some channels sometimes. Anyway, YouTube mostly, like or, yeah. uh, even like Apple Music has a look at the video of the song you're listening. I to. haven't watched one in geez, yeah. I don't know, twenty years. But uh, so, but I had seen clips of Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball because it was super sexy and she's naked. I guess uh, somewhat, yeah, yeah, yeah kind of naked, scantily clad. I didn't realize that, that was seven years ago. She's twenty seven. She, she was twenty years old in that. I shouldn't even be looking at a naked twenty year old. I feel uncomfortable with that. Eh, You're a child. Scantily clad. You're a child. 
You child. It was hot out that day. She wasn't wearing much. She had a mullet last night, like her dad made famous back in yes. the early 90s with achy, breaky heart. Re-legitimizing the Malay. <laughs> I prefer to pronounce it. Bringing back the Malay. Fantastic. Um, I did want to mention this. I'm trying to figure out the things I haven't done yet. Oh, this is a good one. Pinterest paid almost $90 million to cancel the lease for a new San Francisco offices. Remember we heard that thing out of Seattle? Pinterest? Dude, <laughs> no, no, Pinterest. Oh, Pinterest. Yes. The way you said it, it sounded like pederast. Donnie, how do you say it? Pinterest. I don't ever. I don't use it's it. It's like interest. I've never with said a it before. I've I've seen it in print, but I've never said it. Hmm. Um, Pinterest, and I've never been on Pinterest. Anyway, well, I it's, have. It's very useful for certain things. It's similar to the thing up in Seattle where REI built that just great big giant gleaming. This is going to be our headquarters for now. We built it. We paid for it. It's still cheaper to just close it down. For sale. Before anybody ever went into it. Yep. And uh, Pinterest is doing the same, canceling their lease in the San Francisco offices because they don't think they're ever going to use them. I feel like this is uh, more of the whole uh, work from home. Yeah, obviously. But you you are clearly full on committed that that's the future if you're willing to eat $90 million. You're not even going to try to think, well, we got that much money into it. We might as well try it for a while. Nope. Mm-hmm. We're so certain Out. this isn't going to work. We're just done. Confluence of factors. You got the incredible expense of the big cities. They've become disgusting and crime-ridden. Now mm-hmm. they're rioting and burning, and you've discovered you're pretty efficient with people at home. And the people who are at home are thinking, why am I paying 4800 bucks a month to live in a loft? You know, move out somewhere cheaper and work from home for half that. This um, bat fever was quite the disruptor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot. Often a crisis will yield a positive result, depending on who you ask. A lot of progressive politicians and, and, and activists are trying to completely reorder society. Uh, but it also, you know, brings you a chance to do an experiment. Can you imagine going to Google two years ago and saying, I tell you what, let's try this. Let's just come on. Let's try it. Send all of your workers home. All of them. Have them work from home. Let's see how it goes. They'd have said, what? Are you crazy? We're not going to do something that disruptive. What if it's a miserable failure? But the Chinese bat fever was, you know, not an excuse exactly, but it, it compelled a lot of companies to do that. And they learned something. It was a permission structure. Stop it. what it was. Oh, I hate trendy lingo. So we had the first Let's one. Let's drill down on permission structures. We had the first centillionaire uh, not that long ago. That's $100 billion. Centibillionaire. Now we have six of Wouldn't them. Wouldn't a centillionaire have $100? <laughs> I'm a centillionaire. Oh, worship me. I've got to I check have my bank account. I'm a hundred air. <laughs> Anyway, some joker with a hundred billion, and and Zuckerberg joined the list uh, recently. So there are six of them, I think. But anyway, Zuckerberg's now saying to Jeff Bezos, "Brother, can you spare a dime?" As he's looking up with his hundred and six billion dollars at the first two hundred billionaire, Jeff Bezos of Amazon. Yikes! Because everybody's staying home and spending their stimulus check and buying everything over Amazon. He has two hundred billion dollars now. We went from the richest man in the world had like $70 billion two years ago to now the richest man in the world has $200 billion. It's That's income inequality. He makes, he makes way more money than I do. <laughs> so now we've got the Need old... Need to bring him down. Need to loot his house. Looting. 
Looting is legit. There's a book out about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Should talk about that again. But Loot um, it back. Loot it back. So now we've got... So what I'll be saying as I go through his silverware drawer. Ooh, that's a nice piece. So the whole the problem with averages, so if... You know, obviously, if Jeff Bezos walks into a bar, the average between him and me is $100 billion. Exactly. Yes. Um, but God, he might be able to walk into a, 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 a baseball stadium full of people, and the average would be... Insanely high. Yeah, That's a very lot of large, money. Yeah. Oh, man, I see myself looting his house. I got him tied to a chair. What's that painting worth, Bezos? About 30000 bucks. Nah. You got anything that's worth me stealing? There's a Picasso there in the hallway. Yeah, now we're talking. Little income e- equality. Bring me up. Come on. I don't have any problem with him having $200 billion. He invented the future of commerce. That is worth a lot of money. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I always feel compelled to mention that Amazon essentially started out by selling used books on the internet. Yeah, right, that's right. Hell, he's getting a structure together. It was a library disruptor. I do hate them now that they, if you search on something, they give you something else to try to sell it to you. Pages of it. Oh, and we we're out of my favorite crackers the other day, and I thought, what well, are I'm your the, favorite crackers? Uh, the pretzel crisps. Mm. Yeah, there are a variety of uh, flavors of them, and oh, they're fantastic. They're especially des- delicious with an old-fashioned in the evening. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You are living the good life, ah, a pretzel cracker yeah, and an old-fashioned. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, so anyway, I thought, I am going to show the wife. I'm not going to wait till one of us gets a chance to go to the grocery store. I'm going to hit up old Uncle Amazon and get him, but they'll be here before you know it. And apparently... Maybe I was an old-fashioned or two in. I didn't look at the shipping date, and it's going to take three freaking weeks to get my crackers. <laughs> there are grocery stores that if I closed my eyes and walked for half an hour, I'd run into one, okay? They're everywhere. Man, would I like a cracker in three weeks. Oh, That sounds man. so good. Well, when it comes, I'm really going to enjoy it. But Amazon was quite literally... The single worst option I could have pursued to get yeah. those uh, pretzel yeah, crisps. Yeah, that's regularly the case. A convenience now. store, grocery store, uh, uh, hit up Target, anything. Yep. That's anything. regularly the case, and that's a supply chain thing and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, Here I sit, crackerless. We discovered. I a got glu- Jeff Bezos Picasso though, which is nice. We finally discovered a gluten-free cracker that uh, tastes like a real cracker, as we're still gluten-free now for I think we're, we're almost a month. Nice. Mm. Yeah. When might it be reasonable to hope to see any uh, change in in your lad? I think we have for to, whom you're doing. This? You know, one of the problems with uh, yeah, with uh, any health thing is having too many variables. So he started a new medicine. Um, he's no longer sleeping in a room where we're afraid might have mold, and that's going to be addressed this week. And mm. we went gluten free. Right. He says he feels better, but which of those three is it? I don't and, have any. In, in what measure? Perhaps yeah. it's it's two or more. Yeah, don't yeah, know. that is so hard. I don't know that I'm getting anything out of being gluten free. Everybody just said, "Oh, you, you won't believe how much different." I don't ever have that bloated. I ate too much feeling ever. Uh huh. Like I get regularly when I pre gluten, but other than that, it's not. In in other Joe eating news. <laughs> A buddy of mine and his kids are, are super into 4-H, uh-huh. and um, and it was time for the animals to 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 be what they were meant to be, which is on a plate. And and I went in <laughs> the way God intended it. I got a quarter share of okay. a, a hog and a and a sheep or a there lamb or something like that. And so yeah, we got lots. Do you of, know or are you just? Well, it's a lamb, I guess. 
technically you speaking. Don't know? Mystery meat. You don't <laughs> well, know if you're getting young lamb? sheep. But you don't know if you ordered lamb? No, it's lamb, I guess. Lamb. <laughs> you're guessing? <laughs> well, no, some sort of okay. meat. It's a damn lamb. It's a lamb it. Damn it. You can't say, <laughs> I'd like the pork or the lamb or whatever. Sheep, whatever it is. A awesome, mutton. whatever you get. What's, what's the difference between mutton and lamb? I don't know. But <laughs> And other Joe eating news. So we have we have some nice fresh bacon and... Cool. And um, and they they have a cow as well. Um, they adopted a cow and have raised it up and and become quite fond of it. Um, mm. but it's um it's soon going to be delicious. Oh, you're not. Yeah, usually you don't want to name and get attached to an animal. Yeah, yeah, and they've talked about it as a family, but this thing's it was birthed as a, a beef cattle, right? Mm-hmm. And its mom died in childbirth, and so they oh. adopted it. They've got a little acreage and, and have raised it and everything and become fond of it, although it is large enough now that if it becomes aggressive, it will send you a flying. But they had to talk about it and said, listen, on its way to its fate, it lived like the best life any beef cattle has ever lived. Oh, sure, yeah. Right. The yeah. only reason they still exist in nature is right. because they're yeah. steaks wrapped in leather. Yeah. <laughs> People want the beef. Yeah. Wow, you know, if you if you pitched God on that plan, listen, I got an I got an animal in mind. I gotta you gotta create this. It is steaks wrapped in leather. <laughs> You'd probably be promoted to a special assistant to God. If I can get shrimps wrapped in velvet, I'd sign up for that. How about it's nice to see that they promote from within in the afterlife? <laughs> how about <laughs> Bacon and pork chops wrapped in a football. There you go, huh? Yes. What? It's nothing like that. Yes. Among it, well, we'll talk about some important things, but we also have this dilemma. This is another one of those Reddit dilemmas where people weigh in on a problem. What's the uh, title of these? Uh, uh, am I? Am I the jerk? Am I the jerk? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Am I, I love a, this? Am I a jerk for taking baths in my neighbor's apartment without his knowledge? <laughs> Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'll read this text. I just read them randomly. (laughs) Just random text. I didn't choose this. That's a terrible idea. Happy anniversary, guys. I've been listening for 20 of your 22 years. Thank you, my friend. And you've made my life better for it. I'm a proud faggotwee here. That's friend of Armstrong and Getty over 20 years. Here's to many more. Eh. How many more? Joe's uh, hoping to make it to a quarter century, he seems to think. Well, three more years. Uh, some days I'm hoping to. Will radio still exist in three years? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Uh, it is the only thing I know how to do. We're content creators. There will be need for content. People will not be content without content. Mm. Uh, that's true. It's the sort of repartee that's kept us on the air for 22 years, as um, of today. Black Lives Matter. Actually, it's Black Lives Movement, which is uh, a little different than just saying Black Lives Matter. Because you could, you could, you might assume that means the people that just uh, sympathize with the idea of policing needs to be fair. Racially speaking. Hey, I, wait a minute. I'm one of those. Which I sympathize with 100%. But anyway, sure. anyway, in Wisconsin, 
approval for Black Lives Movement uh, from the end of June till now. 6136 approve to 4848 approve oh, in boy. Wisconsin. Oh, boy. How recent are those numbers? Does it's it from, say? From the end of June to, it just says August. It doesn't say when in August. But. Well, wait a minute now. <laughs> August 15th and August 31st, there's an enormous difference. Oh, yeah. E- Although, and I will it, say and, this. And you can see the direction it was going. E- even if it were August 31st today, then that is an enormous swing. If it was pre-Kenosha, they have not yet begun to swing. Either way, it is a sea change. And listen, uh, part of this is a character flaw of mine. I'm kind of glad to see so much of America coming around to what we've been saying for a long time. That there is absolutely a legitimate, righteous, and very American concern that our black brothers and sisters are not treated unfairly by anybody. And then there's the angry Marxists who are bent on tearing down the United States. And most are, of the media which means they're actually conflating en- the two. They're actually enemies of the country. Absolutely. 100%. How much time have I got, Michael? I'll make sure I have time for this. Okay. This is one of those am I a jerks for Reddit. Am I a jerk for taking baths in my neighbor's apartment without his knowledge? <laughs> I live in an apartment block and live across from my neighbor. Let's call him Jerry. Jerry is a 40-year-old man who lives alone and works 9 to 5 Monday through Friday. He gave me a key a few years back when we went on holidays. I still have the key. I've known lots of people when I lived in apartments. You Regularly, you have a key mate of somebody. Mm-hmm. You're gone. They're gone. Water the plants. Walk the dog. Whatever. That sort of thing. Six months ago, my shower broke before a big work presentation. I sent him a text asking if I could use his bath, but he never got back to me. I assumed it was okay. Sure. Uh, if turned, you're friends and, and you're desperate, then you're you probably You would assume right. you can just go into their house and use their bath? Uh, hmm. Desperation. Anyway, I had the bath and loved it. I don't have a bath in my apartment, and it was some experience. I brought my own shower gel, shampoo, and rubber duck, so I didn't use anything oh, he paid time for. Time out. You brought your own rubber duck, yeah, did you? Yeah, rubber duck, do you? Nice. Interesting. <laughs> nice touch. Since then, I've been just using... You child. A, since then, I've just been using his bath when he's not around. It's the best part of my week. Midday on Tuesday and Friday when I head in. <laughs> then everything went wrong. Jerry died. Oh, boy. Whoa, a... wait a minute. I didn't see that coming. Not knowing this, I went in for my Tuesday bath and was sitting there relaxing when his brother came in and was shocked to see me sitting naked on his toilet post-shower. It was the worst moment he could have arrived. <laughs> he was so mad and I was humiliated beyond belief, I'll bet. I'm heartbroken at the loss of my neighbor and the lovely memories he gave me. Am I the jerk? <laughs> You're heartbroken at the loss of the bathtub, you perv. Hmm. Is this a uh, Ms. perv? Young lady, it sounds like, I mean, what guy wants to take two luxurious baths every week? I'm using a lot of soap. I don't, think, he he's, I don't think he's a jerk. No, jerk. I mean, it's unfortunate it's that you're creepy. It's unfortunate his brother saw you sitting on the toilet. Nobody needs that. But is it weird that I would be less offended if it was a shower and not a bath? I'll have to think about that. And Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Show. Have what could be not a game changer, but a game, a major play in the game mm. of the presidential election. Tell you about here in a second. Ladies and gentlemen, what does it sound like when a Coast Guard ship that has been at sea forever and uh, folks haven't had any chance for recreation decide to take a swim in the ocean and are then menaced by a shark? What does it sound like? This. Turn it back. Luckily, none of our brave Coast Guardsmen and women were consumed by the shark. 
There you go. Big old eight-foot shark. You hear eight foot and you think, wait a minute. The, the, the great whites grow to 24 feet, eight foot. Then picture one, please. Picture a beast that's eight feet long and has jaws of steel. Shaquille O'Neal was 7'2". Right? <laughs> Plus, you know, in terms of thickness, please, oh, yeah. girth. Although he's got a fair amount of girth, too. Now, if Shaquille O'Neal had jaws of steel, <laughs> a gigantic head and, and, and razor-sharp teeth, he would be even more menacing in the paint than he was. So I don't... <clears throat> this, I don't I, Game changer, but but maybe game alterer somewhat. Uh, this is from Jonathan Swan's Twitter account. The expression game changer should really be game decider, shouldn't it? Because every play changes the game a little bit. So this is a game changer. I think people generally mean it changes the direction. Sure. It's going one direction. This changes it to the other direction. Yes. Um... Like, for instance, everything was going the direction of Biden. I think the uh, convention, it's hard to say if it was the convention or the unrest in the streets. Or the, I mean, because they happened at the same time. Yeah, and they I talked about it a lot during the convention. Mm-hmm. But anyway, last week was a game changer, perhaps. Well, it certainly was, br- at least briefly, according to polling. But anyway, uh, Jonathan. The violence and rioting, you mean? And the convention at the same time. Oh, I see what you're saying. You had the combo last week. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what caused the things to change, but uh, this is out from Jonathan Swan, who is a uh, a fair arbiter of things. He says that cavalry is coming to the rescue on Trump. There's been some belief in Trump circles that they're getting killed in the media. I don't know why that would be, because I know the Republicans got a ton of money. I don't know why they haven't spent more on ads. Um, there's uh, industry stuff I was reading. I've said they're they're pre-bought. The contracts are there. The payment's been exchanged, and they have a, a onslaught of ads going to start. But soon-ish. why would why would they why would they be getting beaten on the airwaves? In terms of ad spending at this point, yeah, just different strategy. They're they're whole they're keeping their powder dry. Well, according more to than Jonathan Swan's article, I mean his his the point of his article is cavalry's coming to the rescue. Uh, a super pack is super pack has just been put together by the guy who did the swift boating of John Kerry back in the Bush election. If you remember that, he's a super rich mega donor sort of guy, mm-hmm. and they've uh, got an initial a burst of thirty million dollars that are, they're going to go with because they feel like they're getting killed on the airwaves. Hmm. I don't understand with all the money that they've got why they if they thought they were getting killed they would have not done it earlier. But well, I don't I think know how it works. I could I could easily see. Them wanting to keep their powder dry till say mid September or something like that. They and also kind of reshuffled recently. The uh, Brad Parscale kind of has a new role, true. and they, so right. I, I don't know. They may be in a transitional phase. But before as well. I was so rudely interrupted, uh, they said we're going to hold off until mid September, and this big donor guy thought, "Well, that's too late because we're getting killed on the air right now." So I'll pony up thirty mm-hmm. million, and we'll uh, I'll take care of the early volley. I'm not sure it makes a lot of difference, and they're. And a number of studies to say that well, it doesn't voting? make starting in a lot of places already, right? Right. But yeah, it's there, a gamble. There, there have been a lot of studies to say that this throwing money at ads doesn't really do that much most of the time. Right. Right. There was a poll the other day that said ninety six percent of people have made up their mind. Really? Yeah. Ninety six percent. Seems low to me. <laughs> Seems low. Do you know a single person that could still go a different direction? I'm per- waiting to see the debates, says nobody <laughs> I've talked to. In real life? Yeah, in real life. No. No. I'm trying to imagine that person. 
and and it's and it's a little difficult. Could go one way, could go the other. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And they are going to spend then billions of dollars, right? Over a billion dollars to persuade that four percent of people. And of those four percent, what percentage of those show up to the polls at all? So right. you're spending a billion. Well, it's about turnout, as Fif- always. Fifty percent of people didn't watch a moment of either debate. The ratings were quite low. Uh, convention. Convention, I'm yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Convention. Fifty percent of people didn't watch a moment of either one, which is really astonishing. Does that include the echo chamber, I wonder? I, I doubt it. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, ratings were pretty low. Even if you add in social media stuff, it just... Nobody cared. I didn't care, and neither did anybody else. Mm. My gut instinct on those was correct. No. But anyway, look forward to seeing a ton of Trump ads, I guess, from this super spender dude. One more story to make you insane. Joe Biden wants to ruin America. Oh, no, I can't vote for that, said nobody. Um, uh, Another story to just annoy the hell out of you. That's why we're here, apparently. Um, the state of Cal Unicornia state Senate just voted 33 to 3 to create a reparations commission. Right. The commission will study the effect slavery had on California and recommend to the legislature no later than 2023 what type of compensation would be appropriate, how it might be dispersed, and who would be eligible to receive it. So they're going to take the better part of two, two and a half years. Would that be for California only? Uh, well, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Oh, boy. If there's anybody left in California that pays taxes by 2023, that will get the last of them out of there. They will if be you... up in the hills heavily armed, and I suggest you don't go to them to collect those reparations. The money you've got left is now going to go to pay for the supposed descendants of slaves. Exactly. You know, you had nothing to do with slavery. They had nothing to do with slavery, but your money's going to them. Right. They might have emigrated from Africa in 1978 and built a successful business. You might be the the son and daughter of poor Irish immigrants, but you will pay them money. I meant to mention they took the name off the medical building at Columbia University, and I don't remember the name, and I don't have it in front of me. The name of the, uh, the, the, the medical school. George Washington's doctor... And he delivered uh, Alexander Hamilton's kids, among other things. Okay. He founded the medical school there at Columbia University. It's one of the most famous medical schools in the world. His name has been on it for 200 years. and uh, But they decided, because he had a fair number of slaves, they were taking his name off the building. And... Uh, Ah, presentism. Right. I read an interesting article about it over the weekend. You know, the back and forth on that. It's It's pretty darn interesting. So the guy who founded a medical school because he was of his time and did what lots of people did at that time, um, his name can't be on the building. If we're going to go with that standard, we really are going to be erasing history. Yeah. Well, Bill Maher, that clever little elf, really helped crystallize the whole thing in my head, that clip we played last week, in which he was talking about you know Jesus healing a slave so he could get back to work and U.S. Grant, who had some less than modern, back in the day, less than like presently modern views on race and the rest of it. And Mars' point was, you aren't better than Jesus or Ulysses says Grant. You just came after. If you lived then, you'd have had the attitudes of then, which is fabulous, and I appreciate his intellectual honesty, but it occurred to me that presentism is like an enormous and pathetic humble brag. 
It's pretending to judge historical figures while it's really bragging about your own enlightenment. Except you've set up this ridiculous straw man of a historical figure living at their time as unenlightened compared to me. I'm not going to, I'm tearing down a statue of Grant because his attitudes were not noble enough. The implication being, if you had lived in 1862, you would have been a brave abolitionist. You'd have been right there in Richmond, Virginia, in the town square, lecturing everybody about how wrong they were. So sure you were, you liar. Well, you'd have had to do a lot of things. Otherwise, you'd get canceled today, too. You would have had to, uh, you'd have had to believe in uh, gay people getting married and obviously oh, women yeah. voting and a whole bunch of other things. Right. Um, I mean, because if they if you get caught with any of the not present attitudes back in 1860, so you got to go around, you know, really working for that too. Yeah. Good luck with getting gay marriage going in 1800s America. <laughs> yeah, or you're anywhere. Gonna be, you're going to be really, really busy before you even get to the town square in Richmond. You liars! You self-aggrandizing, humble bragging liars. People don't actually believe that, do they? That if they oh, were they born do. into those times, they would have just had a better attitude. I don't think they than think, anybody around them. Yeah, to the extent that they think it through, they absolutely believe that it's a self delusion, and we all have self delusions. Some of them minor, some of them major. But yeah, absolutely, ideology trumps common sense God, all I'm the time. Just, I'm the that exact, is self delusion. I'm the exact opposite. We're talking. I don't. My wife and I got in a conversation about this over the weekend about some people that turned out a certain way. But I'm the exact opposite. I believe if I had grown up in a certain family with a abusive, you know, parents and these examples in my life, I'd be a ne'er-do-well, child-beating criminal myself. It's certainly possible. Yeah. Well, I think most likely if I'd grown up in that in that environment, like a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. So the idea that I'm somehow just immune to that, and it doesn't have anything to do with the circumstances that I've been around, right. the things I've been taught, is, is obviously insane. Right. Well, we all want to attribute our positive qualities to character and our negative qualities to either our upbringing or genetics or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think the more honest you can be with yourself, the better off you are, but who am I to tell you that? Um, Got to tell you about this new book that's out, In Defense of Looting. <laughs> Just the blurb from the book is hilarious. NPR gave it full weight, like interviewed the author... Just you know, really an intellectual. We need to take a look at this book. Okay, you'll you'll think it's a bunch Holy of Holy crap. You'll see it as horse ass, I'm guessing. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We're not going to let our country be destroyed by a bunch of nut jobs. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy, but some of you know, but 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 it's true. Um, I don't think Joe Biden is a nut job, and I don't think he would answer to the nut jobs, but he'd be pushed by the nut jobs. There's no doubt about it. I'm not sure he has the faculties left to resist them. Uh, would he fight off the two plus two equals five crowd? Or the indefensive looting crowd? Come on, man. Watch me. Hmm. Yeah, there's a book out called Indefensive Looting, which not a big deal. Anybody can write a book. NPR doesn't have to have the author on and interview him for five minutes, though, and act like it's a legitimate book. I mean, this is a bunch of crap. Indefensive Looting. 
Um, I just went to Amazon. I'll read the little blurb here about looting. Vicki Osterwheel argues that stealing goods and destroying property are direct pragmatic strategies of wealth redistribution <laughs> and improving life for working class. Not to mention okay. the... Okay, <laughs> now that the Macy's is a smoking hulk, my life is better. Not to mention the brazen messages these methods send to the police in the state. All our beliefs about the innate righteousness of property and ownership, Osterwheel explains, are built on the history of anti-black, anti-indigenous impression. Really? All our beliefs about such thing as property and ownership? Well, then you're clearly a communist. So in English common law, when this stuff was passed in the 1200s, that was anti-black? Oh, that reminds me, and I need to mention this earlier and more often in the show. One of the most idiotic arguments I've heard, and I've heard it a thousand times, is that you can tell the police are racist. You know, the first police in this country were made to hunt down fugitive slaves, so it's always been racist. Okay, just a point of order here. Every society on Earth has police. The police in Norway weren't hunted down, weren't formed to hunt down American slaves. The police in Greece... And in Senegal, weren't formed for that purpose. So what exactly have you proved? Nothing. Yeah. (sighs) Speech is violence. Violence is speech. So you say something I don't like. That's violence. Yes. So I get to punch you, but that's not violence. That's Correct. speech. Exactly. And if if I perpetrate violence and there's no one else around, that's because of the system. And then if I perpetrate violence on somebody else, it's because they provoked it. That's another handy rule of thumb, whether they is uh, the National Guard or Federal Protective Services or Trump supporters with flags in pickup trucks or whatever. They provoked it. And then the minute they leave and the violence continues, now it's back to against the system. Right. So uh, I, I know I'm obsessed with this, and I hope I'm not worrying you out about it. But I'm, and I'm gonna, we're actually going to read James Lindsay's, uh, and he did it with his friend. Helen Pluckrose. Uh, book that's out right now about all this stuff. But I've taken in so many of his podcasts and everything like that. And the, the two plus two is five thing, and all, or also the speech is violence, the violence is speech thing. It's all about changing definitions. Like one yeah. of the ways you make two plus two equal five is you say, well, the number two or the number five actually means four. Um, that's one way you can make two plus two equal four. Make the, the, the symbol for five be four objects. Right. Instead of five. Who are you to tell me what that symbol means? Exactly. White males, straight white males, decided that the symbol for four objects, four of something, should be this instead of this. And so they don't get to say, so if you can change it to this, then two plus two equals five. Um, the real point of it is, uh, according to James, and I think he's absolutely right, when you can start changing definitions, then you don't have to change the law. The law changed just by changing the definition. Right. And yeah. so contracts change, the Constitution changes, law changes. What is considered a sex offense, what is considered racist, what is considered a crime, all changes when you get to start changing the definitions. You don't have to go to the work of changing the Constitution, for instance. George Orwell might have been some sort of superhuman creature. He might have been sent by God to warn us of the future or something. If You know what? If somebody told me that, I'd think, eh, okay. Hey kids, it's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host, Joe Getty. 
Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap up the show. There he is pressing the buttons in the control room. Michelangelo, final thought? Yeah, just congratulations to you, Joe, and you, Jack, for 22 years on the air. And thanks to our listeners. Uh, it's listeners like you that make quality radio programming possible. <laughs> How long have you been with us during the 22 years? Uh, 20. 20 About of them. 20 and a half, yeah. Wow. Positive Sean, a final thought for us? Yeah, one of my favorite uh, episode or seasons of television from last year. I don't know what is television. It was on Amazon Prime. It's called The Boys. It's a look at a, a kind of uh, a corrupted version of the Avengers that is presented in Marvel movies. Kind of what would happen if superheroes got corporatized. Oh, uh, interesting. Uh, very interesting. Season two is coming out later this week. You got time to catch up on season one if you're interested. Not for the kids. Not Jack, for the kids. A, a final thought for us. It is our 22nd anniversary of doing this talk radio show which is my favorite job i've ever had and i will do it as long as someone lets me and it really does you know as cheesy as it sounded when michael said it without the listeners there'd really be no point Mm. yeah i mean i can call you once or twice a week if you want and tell you what i think about things but uh, (laughs) yeah hey i guess my final thought would be uh, thanks so much for listening those of you who've, who've turned on friends to the show we appreciate that very much uh, it's you know heard nationwide now on all sorts of radio stations. These are pretty difficult times in in media. Oh but my it's, god! It's still it's still crazy fun to do, and and your emails and texts and all are, are fun to get. Most of you, the crazy angry people, you can go to hell. But the rest of you, <laughs> thanks very much for staying in touch. If you want to email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four hour workday and a twenty two uh, hour a year uh, you know assignment. So many people who thanks so a little time go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have specially packaged as the standalone podcast the segment or two we did on the strategies and tactics of the militants. You've got to check this out, armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not... Uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? We're not going to let our country be destroyed by a bunch of nut jobs. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.